and we're live. Hey everyone, let's start freezing. You started freezing? No, it's good, it's good. We live. Oh. <laughs> Hi everyone, it's Kiara with Yes Study Abroad. Uh, yes Study Abroad is a platform to encourage minority students to study abroad and equip them with the tools that they need to do so successfully. I have my good friend, Kiara, here. She just recently studied abroad in Ecuador, and I'm so happy for her. I've been like encouraging her the whole way and just really excited that she got a chance to do that while she's in grad school. So I'll just hand it over to Kiara and let her uh, tell us a little bit about her program. Okay, my name is Kiara Clark. I'm a master's student at Georgia State University studying mass communication with an emphasis on PR, which is public relations. And basically my study abroad program, it was in Ecuador and it was called um, PR for nonprofits. And actually they call them NGOs, which is pretty much the same thing. And so it was a two week trip. We spent a week in Guayaquil and then we spent a week in Cuenca. We'll get into all of that. But they, Two totally different spectrums, like totally. Was one like city and the other was like rural? Yeah, like um, not necessarily rural, but Waikia was for one, it was really, really hot. It was so busy, nothing but like taxis and, you know, a lot of walking. Yeah. And, um, and they had like this waterfront place and I'm still slipping my mind now. We went there almost every day and now I can't even think of the name of it. But um, and then Cuenca, on the other hand, it's like fall weather. So it's like 60 oh. degrees. You wake up, you have to have like a jacket. Mm -hmm. And it rained a lot. So it was like raining sporadically. And I think the one it probably was was like somewhere in the 70s. But it's like a slower pace. And it was, I, I guess we were in the busiest part of the town because we weren't too far from the university. But it was just, it was just totally different. And then it was more scenic than Waikil. It was, it was way more... No shade, beautiful, and why I can't. So you said uh, it was P. Your program was PR for nonprofits. Is that like a third party, or is that like a program that your school does? No, it's actually a program that's through the university. So originally, I think it's always been like PR or maybe communications for NGOs. But we had a previous professor who's getting ready to um, retire. Mm -hmm. And um, there's like an associate professor, her name is Dr. China, and this is her first time doing a study abroad trip. So it was the first time under that professor, but they've had like, a, and I think it, he's been to Ecuador almost every year. I don't think he really, because he, you know, he knew who we would be working with and different things mm -hmm. like this. So it's, I think it's been like a longstanding program, at least for a few years. That's what's up. What was the nonprofit that you worked for? So the first nonprofit was Funciva. Mm -hmm. And a little cup. I wish I would have had a little prop. And um, <laughs> they worked with um, adults that were mentally impaired. So like, you know, either autistic or had Down mm -hmm. syndrome or some type of learning disabilities. And um, it was, it was, I don't know, it was really different. They're so affectionate there. Mm -hmm. So it was just like totally different stepping into that. Yeah, and we didn't know. We, we thought maybe we would be working with children. And then you had some students who didn't interact with like the residents at all. But it was actually like a housing facility. So they did everything. And then they had certain people 
who would come for certain hours of the day, but mm -hmm. a lot of them, their families weren't equipped financially or whatever the, you know, living arrangements were to take care of them. So it was a, actually a husband and wife and mm -hmm. started the foundation and they've been running it, I think, for about 11 years now. Wow. Mm hmm And so um, that was the first one. And then the second one I worked for, and I'm trying to find, I should have had some notes. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I should have had some notes. I don't know why I don't have any notes. Because the second one, I can't even think of the name of the second one. Because we weren't actually there that long. The second one that we worked with, it was um, we were actually with university students. Mm -hmm. So they sent us to a place to work with them. But the place actually does like in-house work. So they meet in the office on Mondays, set up schedules, and then they actually disperse to people's houses. Wow. And, you know, kind of take care of them, like in-house nurses and different wow. things like that. So it wasn't really right. Right. So I think because of, like, legal issues and stuff, we couldn't really come along for that. So midways, we ended up, we spent maybe two days in the office. And then the third day, they took us to one of the places, another place that they work with. Mm -hmm. which was an actual school for students with disabilities. Um, and again, they were either autistic or had Down syndrome, or um, some of them might have been deaf, different, you know, disabilities of this sort. And um, they would actually come there for housing. So they had, they went to different schools and stuff, or they got help at, like, their, you know, relatives' houses, but then they would stay there long term. And we didn't really interact much with the kids. So we didn't spend a lot of time there. Gotcha. So y'all basically came in. Did they give y'all like a problem that they wanted y'all to solve, and then y'all just worked on that, or how did? What was it? Um. So their biggest thing is social media. Oh. They love Facebook, but they don't necessarily know how to work it. Mm -hmm. um, so with the first organization when we were in Waikil. They had a Facebook, but it was connected more so to their personal. And so they wanted to kind of bring more of the focus to their like page, the actual foundation page. Right. So um, we kind of completely redid that. We did a complete communication audit of their website. Mm -hmm. And while we were there, we found out that they actually had a student who worked with them last semester who had completely given them all these new material as far as like a brand new logo, marketing mm -hmm. materials, all of this great stuff that they were just sitting on because they were like, oh, people would like it. So they went from old school kind of, you know, um, yeah. almost like clip art type of logo to one that it's almost like you would get from like a marketing coordinator. And oh when my God. Started, we were like, yes, give me that. So, um, <laughs> Built like a um, a deck for them, just like an introductory type deck, a pitch deck or whatever, telling what the organization was about and you know how they function and what they need for sponsors because they work off donations. Again, they're you know NGOs, and um, we did an audit of the website. We completely redid their Facebook for them, and then we gave them kind of like a style kit to kind of go along with the new logo and everything that they had. Nice. Mm -hmm. so, so it's like some real world experience yeah and then and then of course they only 
spoke Spanish, so that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Did I have like translators or something? So much Spanglish. I was speaking so really? much Spanglish. Yes. I, you don't realize how bad it is. And then as Americans, they say we talk so slow. So mm -hmm. it's just like, see. <laughs> you know, it's just like they're, they're going at lightning speed. And you're like, I remember for a little while, I was just like, no say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I could pick up on some keywords. So it yeah. was like, and then a little, and then and you know, eventually you get more comfortable. Mm -hmm. And it's like, look, I'm gonna struggle anyway. So let me just struggle, be strong and wrong. So I just would say some stuff sometimes, and I probably was instead of asking for a napkin, I was asking for a hot dog or like. <laughs> You know, so I, I was saying low CN, so I was saying a uh, made like, I'm sorry, just help me so much right. that they would just laugh and figure it out. So, yeah, that was, I mean, it could have been awkward, but I think they got way more of a kick out of it. So yeah. I didn't feel as bad. And at least you tried, because I feel like, you know, the stereotype of a, an American in other places, they want you to speak English. Right. Oh, yeah. So the fact that you tried to speak Spanish, I'm pretty sure they appreciated that. Oh, oh yes, it was just like a minority on a whole separate level because when we flew in, we had to fly into the capital. And um, it's just like getting off of, in, you know, like a plane and being in customs and everything, cool. being in Spanish and everybody looking at you like, totally <laughs> different. Yeah, totally, because their capital is Quito. And so we were there for mm -hmm. like a few hours, but it's just that was kind of the big thing like okay you're not in the states anymore you're not in what's the makeup of the group that you stayed abroad with it was predominantly women like literally i think it was 16 students 15 women one guy shout out to Trill. <laughs> yes he was the wow. only he was the only guy but you know i think that has a lot to do with pr in general because okay. um not necessarily in the actual career field, but in in like undergrad or graduate school, when you're studying public relations, most of the classrooms are female. Like, mm -hmm. you know, females dominate that whole demographic. So it's kind of like it's the guys are already few and far between. So yeah, he was only one guy. Dang. <laughs> that could either be really good for him or really bad. But you know, he had his own hotel rooms and everything. So he, you know, he had a real good setup. So he right. wasn't kidding. That's good. So um what uh as far as like race, like were there how many black, white, Hispanic? Um, there were surprisingly the majority was African American females. Wow. Two Caucasian young women and one Hispanic. Yeah, and the rest were African American. That's what's up. Black yeah. girl. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it had a lot to do with Dr. China too, because she's so like um she's also African American as well. And so she's so, you know, like Afrocentric and eclectic and different things like that. So they had a lot to do with um her coming along on the trip for the first time. That's good then. So what inspired you to study abroad? I have never been outside the country, ever. Well, unless 
uh, count the few hours that I was in Cozumel, Mexico on a cruise, which I don't really count as an experience. <laughs> no. Right. So, um, and I knew that studying abroad would be the best opportunity as far as financially um, having like an agenda when I go. So I wouldn't be so focused on just like creature comforts or just me trying to take a trip and not really knowing what to explore and what I'm getting myself into. And then I also knew it would just kind of ease my mom's mind if I said I'm going for school with yeah. students and a professor versus me saying like, hey, mom, I'm going to go backpacking and bring you up for the summer. Love you. You know? Right. <laughs> so it, and then it's, of course, because I want to pursue a career where I am pursuing a career in public relations and consulting, I thought it was very fitting that we would be doing PR. So it's like, you don't really always get a chance to do what you actually want to do in the real world. Right. And so it was just like, it just made sense. And let me, that is going to be some awesome experience on your resume because like not only did you have to overcome like language barriers and cultural barriers to get the job done, but you're going even further than some other people in your field would even go as far as like still being in school. Like this is the type of experience you probably wouldn't get until you were out of school. So I think that's going to be awesome for you. Exactly. So, um, so how did you finance your trip? Um, so I took out a small loan, which you know me because you're my friend. You know how I feel about loans. I was just like, <laughs> oh my God, when I was signing that paper, I think I had to call somebody. I was like, Lord, I'm fine. <laughs> um, and then I also received uh, the IEF scholarship. Okay. So it was the International Education Fund that's through the university. And that paid for like, it paid actually for a good portion of the trip. Mm -hmm. And I think I may, might have only had maybe like a thousand or so that I had to just take out with the loan. But I did like spending expenses, of course, factored into the loan. Right. And um, it was actually a good thing because in the beginning of the semester, the study abroad office was giving the first. 50 students to come to the office, like actually visit the office that were giving them a waiver for um, a free passport. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up being like the 29th student. I found out when I was in my internship and I was like, oh my God, I'm not, I don't even have class today. I was not going to campus. I'm going to be in this Atlanta traffic. Mm -hmm. But I was able to make it in time. And I mean, I was way above the curve. So that was another good thing. So they ended up reimbursing me for my passport. So it was just one of those experiences, again, that it kind of made sense and everything just kind of flowed because I didn't come out so much money just, you know, for the trip. That's what's up. Mm -hmm. So, like, are you, you are subscribed to, like, all of this uh, study abroad, programs abroad, emails and stuff. That's how you came across uh, that free passport waiver and the scholarships and stuff. Like, how did you find all this information? Well, I actually originally found out about the program because my former graduate director was also my graduate advisor okay. and she knew about the program. Like I said, they had had it, you know, for years before. So she told me about it in the fall and this spring I was like, I'm going to look into it. And I just kind of started looking into it a little bit more. Um, I started the application for it and I think I went to the study abroad office just to ask a few more questions about it. Mm -hmm. And so from me having 
that application, like doing the application when you first log into it, like it tells you about the different scholarships that they offer. They mm -hmm. even have like a scholarship for like if you you're going on an extended stay, so like maybe for a semester mm -hmm. or for at least a month or longer, where they fund it. Um, and so I just found the one that met my requirement, and I applied for that when I was applying for the application which was due long like i mean it wasn't due for a while but i just always like to be proactive and kind of do stuff early and so i think it might have been that might have been the way that the office had my email address because i received an email about the passport reimbursement i mean the passport waiver and all of that so i jumped right on it when i found out about that right right <laughs> <laughs> Because you hadn't like, like decided to really bought until like maybe two months before. Exactly. You probably missed out on that. Exactly. And so it's that's really good. Yeah, and I was about to say, and I guess that's a good takeaway. It's, it's always good to speak with an advisor because a lot of times they just think about, you know, like what you need to check off your list as far as the the. But, you know, she knew I wanted to study abroad or at least was interested in it. And when she found out that it was a program specifically for PR, she instantly told me about it, told me who would be over and who, you know, to kind of get in touch with. So mm -hmm. I was, you know, on the lookout with, for that months before they had even said anything. That's what's up. Mm -hmm. All right. So tell me something unique about your experience or a valuable lesson that you learned. Okay, so I don't know how this platform goes, mm -hmm. but I'm going to tell you, um, while I was there, I experienced an earthquake, <gasps> and I actually just told this to my mom maybe a week and a half ago because I just did not want, like, it, I knew it would upset her and my grandmother, so yeah. it wasn't actually where I was actually before we left they had you know they had those bad earthquakes or whatever so I wake up one morning one of my friends she texts me and she's like are you okay and at this point you know the signals going in and out so I'm just thinking yeah and then when I cut on my iPad I found out that she had sent me a news article and that night they mm -hmm. had an earthquake like three hours away from us and I had no idea because it was like at two, three o'clock in the morning, I was asleep. And it was like maybe an hour after I texted her back, I was, we were at the NGO and we were talking and we was in the middle of this, you know, good session and we was telling them our ideas and the ground started shaking and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then the girl next to me, like she grabs my hand and then it keeps shaking and she's like hugging me. And then it keeps shaking and I'm like, okay. So I'm like sitting down and I'm trying not to have like a panic attack and anxiety attack and tears are just rolling and I'm just trying to breathe through it. And it literally was like the scariest thing of my life because I cannot explain to you guys how it feels when the ground that you literally walk on, is like, it's trembling. Like, so that was, oh my God, that was the most unique thing um as far as that and it just kind of taught me like on the spiritual level and i won't get real deep into that but it just like god got has you wherever you are because at that moment like i couldn't call i called my cousin because i didn't want to call my mom and have her nervous at work my grandma has suffered from heart attacks i didn't want to call her and have her like 
freaking out because at that point there was really nothing they could do except for pray for me. So um, it was just, that was one thing and that was in why I killed. And I think that was probably on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And, um, and actually while, when we were in Cuenca, which is the second city we had, they had had one, but it was so door level that we didn't even feel it. One of the college students that we were working with, her sister had texted her and was asking her, were we okay? Because they had had one and we didn't even feel that one. So those are, you know, that was the scary thing. But I have to say the fun thing is when I was in Cuenca, I did go swinging from the mountains. And so that was a lot of fun. So that just, and I guess the thing, the takeaway from that is just live in the moment. Because I mean, when when do you ever get another chance to swing from the mountaintops over the city? Like, Right. And I saw a video. Was it? A, it was. It was a video, right? Yeah, I had a video of that. So yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. A lot of fun. That's what's a question. How has studying abroad uh, influenced you in pursuing your passion? Like, did it like help fire you up? Like, what? what how did you feel after that experience? Um, I would say it definitely. Um, not kind of, I guess, affirm and solidify things for me because it took me a while to figure out that I wanted to do PR. Mm-hmm. I knew I liked it, but I, I didn't study in an undergrad. I only did it for like organizations. So I really did. It took me a minute to realize that. And so even though I've had internships, this was kind of like no guidance. Like our professor was not with us. Like it was, you know, 16 of us. So our professor was not like with us whole our hands it was basically like we're going to these people asking them what do they need mm-hmm. and then we're just you know deciding what's the best route or what's the plan of action for them and to you know if it's growing their outreach or their audience how do we do that in the most effective and still cost efficient way because they are an NGO right. and um like you know, it was, of course, group work and group think, but it was just a lot depending upon my skill set, my knowledge, and then confidence of what I, you know, confidence in self. So it really solidified that this is something that I can do as well as something that I want to do. That's cool. That, and that's always a good thing. Like, I would hate for you to go through grad school and then be like, mm, I don't think I want to do this. Exactly. Or like to get to another country and just do busy work, you know? Like... True. So, you know, it was good to actually do the work. Yeah, and that's actually something you have to be careful with because I know some of the people that went on my program and they had an internship, it was definitely like busy work. Like, so really didn't like help them hone in on their skills or anything. Yeah. Um, so, uh, last question, and this is where you get to leave your mark on all the <laughs> students who want to study abroad at some time in the future. What suggestions or advice do you have for students that are interested in studying abroad? Um, I think the advice I would give is like, I know a lot of times we think about studying abroad going to like a specific location but I don't want people to think of it more so as a trip instead of a program. And that's one thing that our offices always reiterate is like, this is not a trip. This is still an educational program. And mm-hmm. so it's like, you don't want to take out this loan or spend all this other money 
And yeah, it'd be nice, but who's to say you won't get over there and be in a classroom majority of the time? So it's like you want to make sure it aligns with at least your major, your minor, or maybe just even if it's not your major or minor, an outside interest of yours that the program does. So like you can get something from it. Right. And then, um, I mean, of course, location is, is important after the fact. But I would say for me, because it was my first time out of the country, first time, you know, studying abroad, ask as many questions as you can. Please, please, please use your study abroad office because a lot of kids don't realize what a great resource it is. Like mm -hmm. I said, with that waiver, but even outside of the waiver, like who's to say they didn't have money that they could have said, oh, we have a little money left over in our funds. We can help you get your passport. Or just like if I wouldn't have found those scholarships on my own, they could have told you about those scholarships. And a lot of times programs have like a set amount of money to the side for the program. So like we had an earthquake. If they needed to fly us out, like an emergency fly out, they had money set aside for that. So that's what I'm saying as far as like, if don't let financial like finances be a hindrance because you just never know you might who you might connect with like I had a sit down with the director of the study abroad office and I remember one of my things was making sure that I flew back in time um, just to be with family and everything for my birthday mm -hmm. and, and I'm glad I flew back because it ended up the day after I flew back into the states my uncle passed. Oh, and I, you know, I wasn't expecting that to happen, but I had already gone to him and they had decided to extend the program for a few days. And I was just saying, you know, you know, my family has this in place and this and that. And I got back on the 28th of May, that Saturday, and uh -huh. my uncle passed on the 29th. So, you know, just even, even me being able to be back home and him being willing to work with me, yeah. that was something that I could have been into the states and coming back to that news and trying to figure out how to make it to the funeral you know so just use that resource that's there make sure it aligns with what you want to do um and just take advantage of it i didn't go on the trip because i had friends going i actually going into the trip didn't know anybody i didn't know any of the students that were going on it but i had made up in my mind that this is something i wanted to do and i think it was better that way because I wasn't just like let's hang out on the budget like I was getting the experiences like I got to see certain monuments um that other students didn't get to see because I was interacting more so with our guides and different things and was open to whatever they had to show me so just be open-minded as well and so I think that's the that's the gist of it and oh Yes, study abroad because listen, Yay. the link you were sending out, <laughs> the stuff I needed to pack, you it's just little things that you just don't even think of uh -huh. for real, for real. And so, I mean, all of that from having copies of your passport to, I mean, we had to pack tissue because when we got to Cuenca, restaurants didn't even have tissue, they charge you for tissue. So it's just like, this is what? a good source, yeah. So, and then like your packing list that you sent me, I was checking off that and a lot of it aligned with what I had already had from like our PowerPoint. So like if you do, you go to your study abroad office and it's, you don't think it's as helpful. Yes, study abroad is a really good platform and Carrie is passionate. So this is also a really, really great resource to use for first timers, or even, you know, your second time or whatever studying abroad. Thank you, Kira. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I meant that genuinely. That wasn't a plug, ladies and gentlemen. That was sincere. 
<laughs> so um, thank you so much, Kiera. I didn't even uh, acknowledge the fact that both of our names is Kiera, but whatever. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to interview with me. Um, no. You are very helpful for our listeners and um, keep doing what you do. I know you got some big things coming and graduation is around the corner, so I'm super proud of you and thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. I hope this helps someone. Definitely. All right. All right. Bye.